And here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode 10 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick. And I am your other host, Rick, and we are happy to be back with you again. Yep. Today we we're 10. going. Yeah, we made it ten. Remember, we, t- we said that if we make it to ten episodes, that this thing will have a long shelf life, apparently. But we're, of course, we're going to give also, it a long shelf life no matter what. Rick also said that if no one listens, that we will continue <laughs> to uh, record. So even if Basically. it's just for our own posterity, so we're going to get two plays per week. You and yes, me. yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with I'm, a little little self uh, promotion. I'm so. fine with that. So we are remote recording again this time. Yeah. And we 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 funny story. We actually tried to record. We're having technical issues, so we had to we had to postpone. And now we ended up remote recording again. Yeah. So. So. But we have a we have a new beer. Tell us about the new beer there, Patrick. All right. So the uh, the beer we're uh, reviewing this week is the Gaelic Ale. From Highland Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, let me pull up the website real quick. Should I wasn't prepared. Highland, Highland Brewing. Highlandbrewing.com. Yep. Um, their description of the beer is a deep amber-colored American ale featuring a rich malty body. Gaelic mm-hmm. is exceptionally balanced between malty sweetness and delicate hot bitterness, making it a clear winner with a broad range of food pairings. I don't know who Leah is, but her go-to is Gaelic with any meal. Hey, Leah, chime in. Let us know who you are. Yeah. Uh, some of the uh, stats. Stats, I guess. The baseball card stats of the <laughs> of the beer here. It's got an IBU of 30. Remember that one that was like 89? 80, yes. I'm um, glad this is not 89. Yeah, this is literally a third of that. Its ABV is 5.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, three different kinds of hops. The... Chinook hops, Wil- Wilmot hops, and Cascade. Um, did we ever decide what grist was? No, I don't. I think we tried to when we were when we were troubleshooting last time. But I think it's just like it's what they mix in with the the hops when they brew it. I think. Oh, okay. So because it's like ground up. When I searched it, it was like ground up flour. So it's the yeah, stuff you grind up in to, to mix it in. Hmm. I think. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, they say the grist is Munich, Caramel 40, Caramel 60, and Extra Special Malt. That's fun. That sounds like just stuff that makes it a certain color. Red, yellow. Yeah. Yellow red number five. Red dye number five, basically. <laughs> red dye number five. <laughs> and, and here you go. If anyone in North Carolina can tell us what this means, that'd be great. But this was this beer, the Gaelic Ale 
from Highland Brewing was voted North Carolina's best all-around beer in the Mountain X Best of Poll from 2015 through 2018. So for four years, four years. this That's beer. Impressive. Yeah, that is a, it's a stout run right there. Yeah. So, uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. Um, should be pretty good because we couldn't we couldn't drink it the other night because we had uh we had those issues we were having issues but uh let's take but a look. this one yeah let's take a look at the bottle that's guys that's what we do it's got some mountains on it Asheville's first beer it says Asheville's original craft beer on the can or on the bottle yeah that's cool this one's in the bottle it's kind of I mean I kind of like the plain little bottle look they got going on yeah. it's not like super sure. fancy or it's anything real crazy simple. We got some Looks of those. Got some of the Smoky Mountains, or what I can assume to be the Smoky Mountains on there. So independently family owned, water, hops, yeast, malt. This, in the ingredient list, I, I like that kind of. I I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty excited about this one. Me too. Let's crack these things open. All right. So, are you gonna try to time this, or are you just gonna? We're just gonna have let's, to. Let's let's see if we can time it. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> oh, my bottle cap hit the floor. So we already made that reference one time. Yes, we did. <laughs> Here All we right. go. Let's pour this thing up. Pour her up. I like the smell of it. That's a strong smell right there. This is promising. Not gonna lie. It kind of, like, it reminds me a little bit the smell of, like, the f- the flesh and blood, but it's it's a little different. It's similar, but, but different. different. Yeah, I don't, I don't know I what know to, different. I don't know how to uh, describe it there. So, because we're remote recording, we can't clank our glasses together. So, we're just going to have to bottoms up on this thing and, and see what, what goes on. But this is the Gaelic Ale from Highland Brewing, and this is Asheville's best... Of in the Mountain X Festival four years running, so we're gonna see if it uh, if it is worthy of the best ale, best of ale, in your Mountain X competition. So here we go, clink. Here we go. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, that's really good. Yeah, it's um. Man, that's a that's a really that's a really <laughs> solid beer. That, that I, is, I'm speechless on how solid that, that's solid that beer is. This might this might be this might be on par with the uh, with the dragon's milk. It's a different flavor, mm-hmm. but it's just the it's like the quality of it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's it's got its own little thing to it. I can't really put my finger on it though. I'll tell you what it is. It tastes like it smells. Like when I smell it and then I taste it, yeah, those those two things line up. That's true. So that and to me, like, so the cotillion was was good. It was okay, but it smelled like dirty gym socks. Mm-hmm. This one smells like a. It's uh, it's not fruity. I mean, it definitely smells no. like beer. Yeah, it's for sure beer. But it's, it's kind it's of high quality beer, though. Yeah. So it's got the color. It's an amber. It's got the color of like a Yingling or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, with a little bit more red, it's a little more red than a Yingling is. But here's how much I'm liking this beer, and I know we haven't done ratings yet. But 
if I was in Asheville at a bar, mm-hmm. I would order this beer. I probably, I probably would too. I would order it I in mean, in a glass. I would say, bring if, me the if, big glass. If you've got it on tap, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, why don't you go first? All right, I'll go I'm, first. I'm, I'm still assessing over You're here. St- okay. So I like this beer. This is really good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say this is going to be one of the top beers that we that we have rated thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared to give it a five because I don't. I just don't like. I don't know. I feel like there's there's got to be one more little edge above this one. And I gave the Dragon's Milk four and a half. And I said from the from the beginning this was this was on par with the Dragon's Milk. So I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle in. I'm gonna say four and a half on this one. Four and a half Luthers on a scale of one to five. Okay. I'm gonna give it four and a half Luthers because this is I mean, this thing is really good. I could I could probably over the course of a weekend have a whole six pack of this and be like I don't really need any other kind of beer for the mm-hmm. weekend. Like if yeah. I just had this, I would be okay. I hear you. I hear you. So I'm gonna give it a four and a half. I'm gonna say four and a half on this one. All right. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on the this being on par with Dragon's Milk. I'm going to okay. say that this beer is better than Dragon's Whoa. Milk. Whoa. And uh, I'm going to, on episode 10, we've made it to episode 10. I am going to be giving the first five Luther review to Highland Brewing's Gaelic Ale. There it is. The very first five Luther rating. Yes. From Rick and Patrick. Gaelic Ale from Highland Brewing. Not that our rating means hey, anything to anybody, yeah, but uh, not that anybody cares. I just really like. I I think this is a very solid beer. Um, Can it's I say, not too strong. Um, yeah, yeah. I it, I could understand why you're going to give it a five. Like why I personally will give it a five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, could, I mean, I could see that. That's. I mean, it's it's really good. To me, it's, it is really it's, good. It's the same level. I think it's the same level as Dragon's Milk, whereas you think it's a little bit better than Dragon's Milk. And that, I mean, that's a, which is, which is funny to me because I'm typically, out of the two of us, I typically like the dark beers better than you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, so it's, it's weird that you would, I mean, this is a, I would, I wouldn't call it a stout, but it's a darker, it's a it's, darker it's, it is definitely a darker beer. I think, you know, it might be an interesting thing to try and i'm not saying we do this on every episode but every few episodes take the highest rated beer we've had to that point uh-huh and put it up against whatever beer we're drinking that day Ooh, that would be fun yeah that would be pretty fun so, so i mean technically this if you're gonna give it a five and, and i am I'm, I'm it was all i could do from the first sip to not say this is a five, is a five. <laughs> give show your hand yeah Hey, look! I have a royal flush. <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah. it was all, it was all I could do to not just interject yeah. and say, "You're an idiot." This is a five beer, <laughs> five liter beer. <laughs> Thanks for not calling me an idiot. Oh wait. <laughs> so um, that's fair yeah. enough. I mean, hey, this I, I'm hey I'm solid on this being a four and a half though, and, and let me tell you, four and a half, four and a half for me is not a shabby rating. I the mean, last couple of weeks, you've been kind of harsh. Yeah, I got back on, which, I mean, I, I got back on Lager Jammin'. Lager Jammin' got a four and a half from me. Mm-hmm. This one is very similar to Lager Jammin' from last week. So I, yeah. maybe that's why I like it that much. Is, mm-hmm. is this is this is in the vein of that Lager Jammin', the, the Dragon's Milk. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just that good. It, it really is. A four and a half is a really good beer. 
Yeah. So and there's don't, I mean, don't feel bad, Highline Brewing. <laughs> yeah. And like and like we've talked about in the past, like if you're at three or above on our completely made up scale of what good beer is, <laughs> if you're at three or above, like three to four, you're doing things right, but got some stuff to work on. If you're at four or above, keep doing what you're doing. There you go. And if you're below three, we're you we're should probably so, stop making that beer. We're just sorry. It's it's <laughs> not good. I'm trying to think. Have I given anything less than a three Luther? I don't think you have. I know you have. You've given a couple. Oh, yeah. You've been harsh on a couple of them. Yeah, I was harsh on Cotillion, and I was harsh on the Mighty Banyan. But the Mighty Banyan was bitter, and, and I just I don't like bitter beers. Right. I, I like. Yeah. I just don't like them. So. Okay. So so here's a question, and only because I had. Uh, actually, I actually had a Mighty Banyan tonight at dinner. Nice. Um, what beers that we've ta- that we've had have you gone back and and gotten again? Okay, I've definitely gone back and gotten the Classic City Lager. Okay, that one was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had Dragon's Milk again, so I've gone back and gotten that one. Actually, I recommended that one to somebody uh, who asked me, and and I said, if you want a stout, you know, try this one. Try this Dragon's Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had those two. Um, I've had I've had another Southern Pecan since we did did our initial the very first episode. Um, I think that's about it. N- none of the other ones, like, like I mean, most of the time I'll say if if it's available, I'll drink it. But but I'm, you're not going to go a buy lot of these. I'm not I'm not going to make it a point to like go to the store and buy that specific one. That's fair. You know, I think and I think Classic City Lager was the only one. Like I was there, and I was walking I was walking through the beer aisle, and I was like, oh, Classic City Lager. I remember that one. I want to I want to go get that one. So I found it, and I. Got a six pack of that one, mm-hmm. and it was worth gotcha. it the second time around too. Let's, <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. Since since you didn't like the Mighty Banyan, I've been I've been drinking on that for the last couple of weeks. I actually kind of mm-hmm. forgot I had it until we kind of rearranged some stuff in our refrigerator. And you're like, and I was like, like oh beer. yeah, we, we've got <laughs> I've got this beer in here, and it, I didn't, you know, it's like finding my a wife didn't in your like pocket, it. You, it? it was it was like finding. Four dollars in my pocket. <laughs> nice. So, um, let's see. Yeah, I've done that like one. That. I had a. I think I had another classic city logger, a flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I could I could definitely see myself going back and getting the Gaelic ale, especially yeah. since I'm giving it a five. There you go. So. Anyway. So Highland Brewing, congratulations on the first five. The first partial Luthers. five. Our goal is now, get, is now to get is now to get a full five. Full five. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. This one this one will average out to four point seven five. Which is the um, highest rating to date. It's true. The highest true. highest rating at the time of this recording. It's true. So there so, we are. Congratulations, yeah. Highland Brewing. And uh, now we're gonna move on into our discussion. We're gonna keep going in concise theology. Tonight we're gonna discuss wisdom and mystery. Um, and here we go. We're diving right in. And we are back. We have uh, we've completed the beer review, the weekly beer review that we have, and now we are jumping back into J.I. Packer's Concise Theology. And today our topic is going to be wisdom and mystery and what Packer uh, divulges in, from those two 
ideas here. So uh, when we talk about wisdom, it's this idea of God's twofold will being one. Um, the verse that Packer uses here is Daniel 2.20. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. Um, so, and, and again, just to quote Packer here, wisdom in scripture means choosing the best and noblest end at which to aim along with the most appropriate and effective means to it. Um, Rick, when you think about uh, wisdom as it applies to the character of God, what what, what do you think? So I, th- I think there's... There's really two things that, that you can that you can think about. You can think about um, God's wisdom in in His will and in His works. Okay. So so and specifically when you talk about, I, I would say when you talk about His works, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, that's what Packer breaks down into into kind of three different sections. Um, and I think Packer worded it a little bit differently. I was I was flipping over to see exactly how he worded it, but. Uh, um, when I was when I was just kind of making some little side notes here, I wrote out um, his works of creation, and so that was him creating the marvelous variety of things that we see. Um, you know, when when we when we tried to do this the first time, we were actually talking about we were we were sitting outside, and I was like, man, it's really cool to be out here and talking about you know God's variety of creation mm-hmm. and what we see, all the different trees and yeah. stuff, and 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 uh, but technical difficulties or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you have his works of creation. Then you also have his works of preservation. So not only did he create the world, but he sustains the world. So right. the world exists because of his preservation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's his, we, we would call that him exercising his providence. We've already talked a little bit uh, about the sovereignty of God and, and God basically doing whatever he wants, however he wants, with without you know having to, to confer with us. Um, you know, he can, he can do whatever he wants to, however he wants to so right. you have the works of preservation. And then you also have the work or the works of redemption. Those are done in the work, the person and work of Christ. Um, when you talk about the works of redemption, you're talking about the redemptive wisdom, the wisdom of God to send Christ to the cross. And we, it's, it's almost counterintuitive to think about Christ being crucified as being wisdom, but mm-hmm. you know, but then you then you go to um, I can't think of the verse right off the the top of my head. But you you know, it was it was a when it says it was a joy to crush him because mm. he knew that was going to be the the plan from the very beginning. Right, because that that's what was going to bring about the redemption. So in his wisdom yeah. from from really even before creation, mm-hmm. you know, from eternity past, because God is standing outside of time. Yeah, you you have this uh, you have this plan that's going to happen. You know, you you. The cross was never Plan B. It right. wasn't like, oh man, mess this up. What am I going to do now? You mm-hmm. know, this, it's not like he was caught off guard. He he knew this was going to happen from the very beginning. Right. And so, so that's the that's when I think about the will and the works of God. You got those those three different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you can you can break that down into two different areas when you talk about the eternal wisdom or the precept wisdom of right. God. Yeah, so, and, and when you talk about the, those two, you have the eternal wisdom of God being um, God's will and his decisions or decree about what shall happen. Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily take away fr- the uh, man's free will, but you know, if everything up to a point, man has some 
I don't want to say control over because that that sounds like that weird that God is conforming to our wills. But if something happens or something has happened in the past, then it was God's will for that to happen. Um, and, and, you know, that's, like you said, that's God's wisdom from eternity, uh, past and eternity, future. So, so, so that the eternal wisdom of God and the precept wisdom of God, which is his instruction that is given to us in scripture as to how we are, how we are to behave or how we're not to behave or how to act and now how not to act. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, modern day, modern day folks would even call this like ethics. You know, this is the, the, the rules that kind of govern society or whatever. And, and re I mean, really and truly you have this almost relationship between eternal wisdom and precept wisdom that you, the same, almost the same as like what you have between general revelation and special revelation. Right. So if general right, revelation right, right. is just the, the, you know, the overall creation, you know, and then you say, okay, well, the creation is born out of the wisdom of God. So it's, you know, um, now creation is not eternal, but the wisdom of God is eternal in that creation. And right. then you have, you have the law coming into creation and that's what guides, well, that's the precept wisdom. That's the special revelation. That's what we, you know, we would recall that from the very beginning, we call that scripture. Scripture is what reveals things and has revealed uh, things about God, and, and of course, all of Scripture points to the ultimate revelation of God, and that is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Right. And so all of this, I mean, all of this, and, and, and you could take this even a step further and talk about, like, Proverbs chapter 8, where it, it essentially equates Christ and wisdom on the same level, um, talking mm-hmm. about the wisdom of God, and, and it equates Christ and uh, wisdom together, so... It's. I mean, this is this is some this is some really kind of high thinking stuff here, um, mm-hmm. but but it's. I mean, it's good to think about this kind of stuff too because it yeah. really kind of takes it to for me at least. What it does is it is it shows us that hey, we're not nearly as important as we like to think we are a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's a good reminder too that like. If, if we believe that God is all knowing and God is also all powerful, then that means that his wisdom is supreme and that it's, and that it also never fails. Yeah. So, you know, no matter what, you know, if something happens in our lives, then, and it was meant for it to happen in our lives. Yeah. And, and God in his wisdom allowed that to happen to mm-hmm. us or for us because it's for our good. Everything that yeah. happens to us is for our good, but also, but more importantly, it's for God's glory. Yes. And, and once we, once we get our minds wrapped around that, that whole idea that like, Hey, things that happen to you, like it may really suck right now. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I can say that on our podcast, but I'm going yeah. to but like, we can but say like it now, <laughs> but you know, but you know, you're going to really be terrible. And you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know how I can do this. You know, I've been going through this hardship for six months or, or, you know, my family's falling apart after 20 years or whatever it is. But know that whatever you're going through, you're going through for a reason. And the reason is for, it's going to, it's for your good. Yeah. It's also for God's glory. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that to me reminds me of the ending of Romans chapter 11 Mm-hmm. Which I think I think Packer pointed this out, he but did. I'll just he read did. 
I'll just read Romans 11, verses 33 through 36. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given to him, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, and if you really think like Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 are almost like this kind of parentheses. If you've ever, if you ever read Romans, do this, like read from the end of chapter 8 and skip over 9, 10, and 11 and go straight to 12 and look at how much sense it makes. And you have this, this 9, 10, and 11 chapters that are almost this kind of like sidebar that Paul sticks in there talking about the, the sovereignty of God, the choice of election, mm-hmm. and all of these different things. And then he ends it with this this almost like doxology reading uh, text, and then skips into chapter twelve because you mean you start chapter twelve. Therefore, in in view of God's mercy, because of you know we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Right, right, right. And so, so you know, you really, I mean, the end of chapter eleven almost reads very similar to the end of chapter eight. Um, in it's, Romans, it's, it's but, like Paul was had a rough draft of Romans and then had this other thought and he couldn't think of anywhere else yeah. to put it. So he just kind of <laughs> so, like, so he just kind of stuck it in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but it's, I mean, it, but what it does is it shows man over and over again, Paul is very, very concerned and really only concerned with the glory and the majesty of God Yeah, and but, how he can better represent that. Mm-hmm. Which if you think about where Paul came from is even more a testament to the greatness of God. And I know yeah. we're, and I know we're talking about wisdom right here, but, Paul came from a from a background of persecuting Christians and murdering yeah. Christians, and he was on his way to find more Christians to to persecute when he encountered Jesus on the yeah. road to Damascus. Yeah. So when you think about where he come where he came from at that point to now, where he's saying, "For from him and through him and to him are to all him things. Are all yeah. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That is like a just a full." 180 degree turn from the life Paul was living. And that's really a true picture of what repentance should look like in our lives anyway. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what wisdom should do to us. Mm -hmm. It should lead us to this almost, um, there's a, there's a saying that's your orthodoxy, what you believe Mm -hmm. should always affect your orthopraxy, what you do. Mm. So, and and there's a, there's another uh, podcast that, that I, that I listen to frequently um, called uh, Doctrine and Devotion. Mm-hmm. And, and these hashtag sponsor us <laughs> plug. Um, but they, I mean, they, they, they essentially say the same thing with their podcast is, you know, your doctrine should lead to your devotion. Your doctrine should, should encourage you to, to go into to more practice yeah. of, of the goodness of God and, yeah. and, these, and these other things. And so, you know, they discuss a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Um, but but you know there's there's a plug for doctrine and devotion if you want to check them out yeah um just search them search them in podcasts it's it's really funny they they uh they get made fun of a lot of times because they banter a lot mm-hmm. and I kind of I kind of feel like we banter sometimes maybe a little too much but you know whatever but we don't um, really have a large enough following to to be yeah, made fun of so we're not important so yeah they have like a lot of listeners and we have like twenty. We should tag them in our post, and then we they'll should. they'll we probably uh, will this time. We will. So anyway, but yeah. So so Packer just kind of concludes this section on wisdom by saying that wisdom should lead us to this type of confession about who God is, mm-hmm. and in reality, it will either happen 
by choice, you know, we will either acknowledge who God is while we're on earth or after we leave this earth. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're going to recognize who God is one way or another. I mean, that's when, when the Bible says every knee shall bow, it means every knee shall bow. It doesn't mean, you know, only the ones who believe in me will bow. No, no, no. It means every knee shall bow. Right. Um, and, and that is, that is really a testament to, to what Packer goes into next, which is Mm -hmm. the greatness of God or, or what we would, you know, the mystery of God is what he calls it. Mm -hmm. And he, and he kind of gets the subtitle of God is surpassingly great. Um, and so, so we can't, when I, when I think about the greatness of God, that's, you know, it's, uh, and I think Packer says it this way, the, the infinite can never be understood by the finite. True story. You know, and we and we've talked about that when we talked about God being eternal, mm-hmm. you know, being outside of time. We can't we can't understand, we don't even know how to comprehend what it means to be outside of time because we are finite. Yeah. Um and if you go back to this what we just talked about in Romans nine, ten, and eleven, there's a there's a spot where Paul says, you know, will the pottery say to the potter, you know, why have you made me this way? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's you know, and that's that's really the reality of us is, you know, we can't say to God that the that we, you know, why did you make me this way? Or why did you do this? Or why did you do that? Because he's the potter. He's the one that has the right to make us the way he sees fit to make us. Yeah. You know, because of his greatness. And and that's a, that's a mystery to us. It is. Um, but it's what scripture teaches us over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, scripture teaches us that God is great. Um, theology, the way the, theologians would say it is God is incomprehensible, un, not understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, we we can't know his ways. Yeah, and, and we've talked about in the past. You know, if we could understand God, if we did know his ways, then he would know. He would cease to be God at that point. Yeah, yeah. So and that's not. I think I may have mentioned in a, in a few episodes back the the argument of Saint Anselm um, when he talks about the the greatest or the most supreme being. You know, he's and he's he's following philosophy and logic, and he's going through all this stuff, um, pointing to basically saying that we can't understand what the greatest being is because we don't know how to comprehend the greatest being. Yeah. And therefore he has to exist. <laughs> you know, he, he, he does it way more eloquently than I just did it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, his point is saying that, you know, it's not really our job to try to understand God. We can try to learn as much as we can, Yeah, but we should never be, be willing to, to say, Oh no! I have God completely figured out. I've got this thing. You know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and and as soon as you say that, you're you're a heretic. Yeah, basically. Like, just just know, <laughs> just know that if anyone out there is just saying like, oh, I've got everything figured out about who God is and His character and all that, and I'll just know that God is very likely just to strike you with a bolt of lightning. Yeah. So yeah, um, might want to check your heart, as John Christ would say. Absolutely. <laughs> so so if we so when we look at the Bible, we see all these things that show us the incomprehensibility of God. So we look at creation, we look at uh, the providential government, we look at the Trinity, the incarnation, the regenerating work of the Spirit, um, Mm -hmm. union with Christ in his death and his resurrection, the inspiration of Scripture, and that's just like scratching the surface of of (laughs) some of the major things the Bible teaches. But we don't look at these as like, theories or ideas or possibilities but as believers we believe these to be facts yeah and we take god at his word that they are facts yeah that's um, what the bible says and yeah and, and you and, know and we and as believers we have to believe those things 
are true without knowing how they can possibly be true. Yeah. Like, like when, like in Genesis one where creation happens in six days, Mm -hmm. like the Bible, six billion years. (laughs) Are you an old earth guy? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I stand on that one. I think there's a little bit of license in that. Um, I don't think the earth has to be 6,000 years old uh, just because of, I think when you look at some scientific stuff, you, you kind of have to say, okay, there's, there's gotta be some kind of place somewhere in here. Yeah. Um, I get what you're saying. You know, it's, and I don't, I don't really know where I stand on that either, but you know, at the end of the day, does that matter? It's a mystery. Does not matter? No, it it really doesn't. And like, that's, that's what I try to point people to. when I say, when they when they insist on you know um, the earth has to be if it's not six thousand years old then God is not the creator no that's not true that's not true right because um, if you I mean if you read Genesis one it reads poetically and it's written in this this kind of tone that 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 reads in a very poetic like they're just trying to tell you a story yeah you know they're trying to paint you a picture of a movie yeah and you it's, say it's like you it. watch a movie that's that's two hours long you don't go oh that movie only covered two hours of time no. <laughs> It painted you a picture that told you maybe it was a week, maybe it was three days, you know, yeah. maybe it was the Hunger Games and it was only twelve hours. Yeah, who knows? Or however long the Hunger Games is, I don't know. It's been a long time yeah. since I watched but, that. I mean, not to not to dumb it down or or water it down or say that you know take anything away from what Scripture says, but it's like any other creation story that any other people group has. Yeah, and it just you know as believers it's just our what we believe to be the creation story of mankind Mm -hmm. so the same way that the same way indians and hindus and all the and and everyone else has their own creation story exactly and and realistically the most important thing to talk about is that god created it you know i have no problem saying that god created everything that we see that's what that's what john chapter one teaches us yeah all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so i have no problem saying that god made everything yeah. Physically, by his hand, God made everything. You know, how that happened and how long it took to happen, and that's not for me to decide. You know, it doesn't, to me, there's not enough warrant in Genesis 1 to say this absolutely, positively, written in stone, has to be 24-hour periods of time. Right. And so that, you know, that's where I fall. You know, I don't, do I know how long it was? No, because it doesn't say, you know, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it just says there was morning and there was evening on the first day. And then we also know that, uh, you know, a day to the Lord is, is a thousand years. So, you know, was it a thousand years? I don't know. True. You know? So, I mean, it's it, to me, it's not worth getting hung up in. It's a detail that doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anything other than the fact that, that some people will take it too far and say, okay, um, this is just a really good story. What really happened was evolution. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I won't go there. I won't go to the point of, of Darwinistic evolution or what, right. what we would call a theistic evolutionist. I don't mm-hmm. go that far. And so, you know, but but I would say, you know, I'm more in, in the camp of like an intelligent design. And, and I think there's still some mystery in intelligent design that, that allows for God to do whatever he wants to do in the timing that he wants to do it in. Yeah. And and it's still and, and even going back to this, it still points to his greatness. All of creation still points to his greatness. Right. You know, I can still affirm Psalm nineteen one. Uh, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim his handiwork. You know, and and 
I think it's amazing that we can calculate how fast light travels. Yeah. You know, that, that we're able to do something that complex. Oh, or even, or even still like we can, we can determine or not, not you and I personally, but like there are, yeah, we're people, not that smart, no, but there are people who can determine like the paths of asteroids yeah. coming close enough to earth to where we can see them and look up in the sky and, and watch them go by. Yeah. Um, so or even, even the modern miracle of doing things like tracking, you know, hurricanes and, and big yeah. storms and telling you when, you know, 50 years ago, you had no idea that a, a massive Category 5 hurricane was coming for your shores until one day all of a sudden there's 20-foot waves on the beach and you're like, uh, what should we do? Yeah. <laughs> so if you, th- if you think about where we've, where we've come as, as, a, as, a, as mankind, as humanity in the last mm-hmm. 50 years, it's astounding the things that we can – like there's more memory on the phone in my pocket than there was on the space shuttle that went to the yeah. moon. <laughs> Which that, is crazy. And that's crazy to think about. And, and the computer for the, for the space shuttle was like the size of a kitchen. Yeah. So and now, now you can fit one in your pocket. Yeah. It, it's just <laughs> crazy to think about, you know, but all of that is due to the creativity and the, and the mm-hmm. wisdom of man, which as we've discussed before, man made in God's image are going to be creative are going to be able to do things yeah. um, that are just astounding to think about. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and even, even along that line and Packer talked about this when he, um, when he said Calvin spoke of having condescended, you know, God condescended to us when he came down in the form of Jesus, mm. you know, and, and Philippians two talks about this a little bit when it, when it talks about, you know, he humbled himself, Right uh, to to the point of of becoming a man and and what that what that really meant you know there's there's the argument of you know did did Christ empty him empty himself of his deity completely was he hundred percent human and you know I think I think we've already kind of hammered that one out a little bit when we talk yeah. about the hypostatic union that God was one hundred percent God and still one hundred percent man because if you have one third of the of the Trinity kind of disappearing for a brief period of time well you then you you no longer have the trinity you no longer have the trinity and and you you what the the, the big word to say is the ontological trinity it's the ontological problem mm-hmm. um you know and and but but still that god god took on flesh he he took on to himself flesh so that he could you know be tempted the same way that we are so that he could he could know he and and, re, and the reality is yes he condescended to us you know, and, yeah. and you you always think of condescension as a bad thing. Yeah. But man, what what a positive thing that God would condescend to us, in order really, I mean, in order to have relation relationship mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and think about too, like typically condescension is like this thing that I like an individual will put off on another individual, mm-hmm. and God condescended Himself. Yeah to our weakness and to our capacity um, so that we could, so that we could know him for yeah. like really know him, not just know about him. Um, that that's an idea that I hadn't really thought of is that whole idea that like that Jesus condescended himself. Yeah. To be, to become like man, to, to live as man lived, to be tempted is in the way man was tempted. 
um, but still be fully God. Yep. Like like he he dealt with he dealt with temptation the same way everyone else does, but he never yeah. gave in to temptation. Yeah. So. Which I mean, again, uh, that goes that goes right back to what we were talking about in the wisdom of God, and and oh, you know, the wisdom that he had to to know all of that ahead of time, to know yeah. all of that, not not really ahead of time, but ahead of time as far as we're concerned. Right. Um, and, 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 we, and we talked about, too, in the um, omniscience, when we talked about that. Probably. It's, you know, how before... He uh, knows everything. Before God cr- even created the earth, he knew yeah. that, the, that Adam and Eve were going to sin against him, and he was going to have to sin Jesus. He he knew he was gonna have to condemn himself before he even began forming the world. Yeah. And he still did it anyway. And yep. And why we will not really ever understand. We'll never never really know that. That comes cir- comes full circle back to the mystery of God. So Yeah. Yep. So so that's I mean the mystery of God we'll we'll never understand it. God is so great that we'll never actually understand him. And and I think it's important again, and I and, and I said this uh, the same thing about wisdom, and I'm going to say it again here about mystery. We should never forget that our our theology, um, what we believe, our orthodoxy should never or should always affect our practice, our orthopraxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 when we talk about a doxology, we talk about you know we every time when I was growing up, I always heard the word doxology and I always thought of that song, "Praise God from whom." All. And you know, I always thought, oh, that's the doxology. Well, mm-hmm. that's 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 the doxology song. But what is a doxology? A doxology is a a song of praise and of nothing but praise and glory and adoration to a being. Mm-hmm. And so, because of the mystery of God, because God is surpassingly great, because of the wisdom of God, because God is all wise, because God is all knowing, because God is omniscient, all of these things should drive our orthopraxy that should drive the way that we practice it should drive the mm-hmm. way that we evangelize it should drive the way that we do missions it should everything that we do as a church as individual believers um all of the things that we take on should point back to Christ and should point back to the greatness and the supremacy and and the mystery really really true the mystery of who God is you know mm-hmm. if we if we can point back to somebody and say oh i think you said this earlier oh we've got this all figured out well okay there's nothing else for me to do now there's nothing else to figure out if you've got it all figured out you just tell me what it is and we're done yeah but but because God is so infinitely mysterious infinitely great infinitely wise yeah. Then that should that should constantly push us back to this this idea of I don't know everything, and so because I don't know everything, all I can do is worship and praise. Yeah. All I can do is adore you for for all of the great things that you have done. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Yeah. Pa- uh, Packer uses the analogy of a of a child adoring their parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know kids don't necessarily understand every word that you're saying, especially uh, that we're saying, you know, and if you have older kids, they for sure don't understand the words that you're saying when you're Mm -hmm. trying to tell them to stop doing stuff or whatever. (laughs) But, you know, so the, 
uh, the way Packer puts it, um, they children hear their parents talking. You know, it's he says baby talk. It's the ex- yeah. example he uses. So children hear their baby talk and only know their uh, parents in part. Only know the talker right. in part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the same way, God has given us His Word. God has given us the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, that's, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to downplay the scripture or downplay the Holy Spirit, but that is just the surface of the char- yeah. of the characteristics of God. <laughs> and we will never fully understand or comprehend the mystery or the wisdom or the omniscience or, or no. really any of the stuff that we've talked about up to this point. And we've got a lot more to talk about yeah. from concise, yeah. you know. We're like 10% through the book now. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> but it's this whole idea that, God is so infinitely great that if you think you've got it figured out, you need to keep going because there's always more to learn, yeah, always more yeah. to figure out about who God is. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been reading in the Bible and, you know, I've read a verse a hundred times and still catching mm-hmm. new things that read I've never, new never thought yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, usually it's like one little word that I've never really looked at or yeah or just overlooked or whatever so we we used to do this practice when i was in college and uh i'm not going to say how long ago that was but um when i was in college i took a class on on how to basically how to study the bible and the the, one of the first days we were in there the professor comes in he's like okay you know read this this verse and it was you know something that we've all read a thousand times you know call it john 316 Mm -hmm. so he's like read this verse okay I want you to write down 25 observations from this verse. And I'm thinking, 25 observations is crazy. And so I start, you know, I'm writing down, I'm like, you know, what does the word is mean? What does the word world mean? <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> I'm making up as much stuff as I possibly can. Right. But I mean, that really and true, that's what he, you know, that's what he wanted us to get into. Mm-hmm. And then after we did our 25, he goes, okay, now I want you to write down 25 more that are different from the 25 you just wrote down. And and this is all in one verse. Yeah. And and the 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 funny part was we started listing them as a class. We started listing them, and we realized that we all had fifty individual ones, but even even though we had some overlap, even the fifty that we all had, we as a class we probably had closer to like a hundred and fifty or two hundred right. observations about one verse of the Bible that we've right. all read a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you know that just that. That to me proves the depth. It shows the depth of the mystery of God. That that you can read the same verse. You can read this, and and you know, that's what you know. I hear people talking about. Oh, well, I've already read that in the Bible. Okay, we'll go back and read it again. Yeah, there's. You know, there's... you you need to read it again. That's why I love annual reading plans through the Bible mm-hmm. because, you know, even even as you read through it multiple times, you'll pick up on different things every time you read it. So. There you go. Anything else we want to add to the mystery of God, or are we thoroughly mysterialized? I just made up a word, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did make up a word, but um, yeah, kind, kind of just to wrap it up. You know, you've said a couple of times that our our orthodoxy should always affect our orthopraxy. Yes. Um, in in really a more concise is a more concise way to say that is just our doctrine should always lead to devotion. Yeah. Um, 
Hashtag sponsorous doctrine and devotion. Yes, do it. Joe Thorne, Jimmy Fowler, Jofo, hashtag Jofo. <laughs> Let's tag them in everything for this episode. <laughs> so, but there you have it. We've uh, hashed out wisdom and mystery. The wisdom we hope you're and... confused. I know <laughs> I am. We are. <laughs> I know I am. So, um, so yeah, there you have it. That there's there's that. We've uh, we've consumed our beer. Gaelic ale from Highland Gaelic Brewing. Ale. Mine the is first gone. Five Luther. My, I, mine is gone too. It was good. Hey, I'm um, still a four and a half. I'm, you'll I'm, be you'll be glad to know. My wife got me beer mugs. Nice. She she got them from a, a local like last chance retail store for like five cents. They were like five dollars. There's two no, of them. That's not bad. And then she got some like silicone uh, round ice trays. Nice. For, so you can have the ice for, for, for when you drink for my ice beer. for my ice ice for non beer alcoholic products. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, let, let's see what else do we need to do here. We need to tell people where to find us. Yeah. So let's see you can, on, on the internet. So if you're if you're a millennial, you can find us on Instagram or anybody who has an Instagram. But I just assume you don't that, have to be a millennial. You don't have to be, but I just assume <laughs> millennials are the ones use, using Instagram. Uh, so we're on Instagram at uh, beers and Bible underscore our logo is like, or our logo for all of them is going to be like this green color with a, it looks like a Bible and it also looks like beer. Yeah. It's, it's a very good logo. If you see it, our, our to our logo designer who we can't name by name because he would probably get fired, <laughs> but he did a great job. He did an amazing job. So um, kudos to you, sir. So we're on uh, Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. We're on Twitter at uh, beers and Bible P one. Yes. You can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Has anyone sent us an email? I have not checked in the last few days, but I didn't see anything recently. The only notifications I'm getting are from Twitter and Hootsuite. So yeah, <laughs> if we could stop that, some other people can email us. That'd be amazing. Yes. But so send uh, us some emails. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, just a heads up, what we're doing in the month of October is every week we're going to be highlighting an Oktoberfest brew. Yes. So I'm excited. I'm actually excited about this. We had this idea the other day when we were talking about it. We're like, Hey, it's October. We're, we're so we're going to pick different breweries and, and we may end up doing a major brewery because I do know, and I've had it before, but the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, I love the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. So I can um, already tell you where it's going to fall on the Luther scale and everything. Embarrassing <laughs> confession: I don't think I've ever had an Oktoberfest beer. Oh man, most of now there's a, I've had a bad one before, but the thing I like about Oktoberfest is they only come out in October, like they only release them for a month of the year or whatever. So well, like well, Sam Adams only brews Oktoberfest from September to September and October. So gotcha. So one cool. day we'll do an episode from Germany. That would be amazing. During actual October, I think fest. we should just we should we should aim a little lower than that. <laughs> Let, let's let's just try a brewery. Okay, we'll do one at a brewery one time. That may or may not be near where we live. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see where we end up. Yeah. So, but there you have it. So episode we hope ten. You enjoyed our discussion. Yeah, and uh, until next time, peace out. See ya you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 